I had the privilege last week of uh, going to the, the Kruger Park with some mates. And it was a really incredible time. Don't see them here. But uh, it, was, it was awesome. I do see them here. I got a little wave. So it's really awesome to have you here. So yeah, while, while I was at Kruger, I had all intention of working on my preach. There was a bench upstairs. I thought, yeah, I'll go sit there and I'll work on my preach and do something. Confession? Did nothing. Didn't even do anything while I was there. But I can't say that um, it's, uh, it, it's going to be a great message, eh? You see, my wife has FOMO when we're in the bush. And if I don't get up first and go out on that game drive, and we miss something on that game drive, yeah, and I'm sleeping at camp, there's serious trouble, eh? And as Jimmy always says, happy wife, happy life. So we get up and we go off every, every single game drive and uh, make it happen. But that's, uh, it's, it's, it's really, really awesome. While out scouting in the Kruger last week and looking for those cats one afternoon, I was, I was really struck by the way that I always just lean over and go for those binoculars. And how quick I am to pick them up, to search for that little spotted leopard in the tree or to look for that 700th bird that my daughter has spotted. No, no matter how small, no matter how high, I never thought I would be a bird spotter. But uh, yeah, my, my, my daughter does that. But I never thought how much important binoculars would be. What's the purpose of those binoculars in the Kruger Park? And the Google definition is, it's an optical instrument, usually handheld, for providing a magnified telescopic view of distant objects. My words, it helps you zoom in and focus on exactly what you're looking at, even if it is that little bird right up in the tree. And today I want to talk about prayer. I want to speak about prayer today and how prayer helps us as those binoculars zoom in and focus on God. I personally think one of the most powerful ways to keep our eyes on God is with prayer. And prayer is not only a way to ask God what we want, but it's supposed to be a way to communicate privately with Him. It's a way to build our faith. We had a prayer meeting out there this morning and I'm busy sharing with the guys and I'm like, yes, I'm preaching to myself. And I often say that up here, but guys, I really am writing this preach. I'm like, Clint, this is, this is for you. You see, when you connect with God in prayer, you're building your faith. And we're zooming in and focusing on Him and Him alone. Just like those binoculars on one object. Prayer is focusing on Him alone. And don't you find that when you're using those binoculars, everything else grows a bit blurry and, and doesn't really look, because you're focusing right on there. And as we put on those spiritual eyes, everything else surrounding us tends to become distant and blurred because we're focusing directly on that object. Sure, if we turn the binoculars off Him and we civil our heads quite easily and brush on the bushes, I remember looking at this leopard focusing on it. It was quite close, and all of a sudden you, you, you focus here. And before you know it, to bring back those binoculars onto that leopard, you you have to look twice because of those spots and those, those leaves and all that. So sure, if you take your binoculars off God and swab your heads, you lose focus and you become distracted. See, God wants to hear from us. So many people today say, oh, but I've prayed to God. I've asked Him about that. He knows my prayer. I'm not going to pray about it again. I think it's the wrong attitude because prayer is a way to speak to Him. The good the bad, and the ugly. He wants to hear our desires. He wants to know us more. And He wants to have a deeper connection with us. 
So we also have to be specific about what we ask for. And most importantly, he wants us to stop, listen, and focus on him. I was doing a dress rehearsal with my kids yesterday, and what they got out of it, they said, oh, Dad, when you said stop, listen, and focus. So I know we're adults, but stop, listen, and focus. That's what they got out of my message. But if we can get that out this morning, stop, listen, and focus. You see, a lot of the time, I think prayer is all about asking, but it's actually about communicating. Old Daryl, my special brother, always says, communication is to marriage what blood is to life. If ever he's married, he's probably said that in his marriage speech because he always says, communication is to marriage what blood is to life. And in all relationships, this is true. So clearly, it's even more important for us to pray. I'll say that again. Communication is even more important for our most important relationship. Now, this isn't my strong point at the best of times, communication. But communication with God needs to be priority underlined, Clinton. Communication with God needs to be priority, Clinton. How can we expect to have a deeper relationship with Him if we're not spending time with Him? We need to lean into His understanding. We need to understand more about Him. We need to understand how great He is, how compassionate He is, how loving He is. I want to focus on two methods of prayer this morning. Just two methods. Matthew 6, 5 to 8. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask Him. Method one, pray alone. Method one, by yourself, alone. A friend of ours this past weekend, jeepers. I have got my notes, I'm just... And I did this in front of the kids. Fine, hey, not one tear, just so you know. <laughs> so a friend of ours this past weekend has been really challenged by specific prayer. Being specific in what you're praying for. Not just at the prayer meeting in the morning. Oh God, give us a good Sunday. Let us have a good one. Let everyone be warm. Let the band be cool. Specific prayer. Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And thank him for all he has done. The NIV version was quite cool. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. See, this family is going through a really rough time at the moment. And they're trusting God for serious breakthrough in their lives. She's learned to trust God, not only in the big things, but also in the small things. An example of these small things is last year, she also joined us on Kruger. She prayed that we'll have nice sightings of cats and that we'd have a nice time. But this year, she specifically prayed that we would see bataliers and nice cat sightings. Well, God certainly answered her prayers because I think we saw more bataliers than we ever have in all our combined Kruger trips. For those of you that don't know what a batelier is, go ask my daughter. It's a big bird. Okay. So go Google, it's a battle eagle, but it's, uh, it's beautiful. As for the cats, 
Don't want to make you jealous now. We didn't see lions, but God spoils us with amazing cat sightings, from leopards to cheetahs. And although it wasn't a cat, we also had the privilege of seeing wild dogs. So God really spoiled us with um, awesome spottings. But she said with us on the last night, just before we're going to pack up and come home, that she prayed for specific sightings and how her prayers were answered. And she challenged me, obviously sharing on the weekend. She said, pray specifically for that area that we shared about. Pray specifically for what you're going through. And that really challenged me. And I also want to say that just by being specific and prayerful doesn't mean he's going to answer our prayers. It may be with a no. It may be with a, a wait. But I repeat, prayers are faith building communication with God. It's a way of zooming in with those binoculars and focusing on him. You see, her prayers didn't need to be loud. They didn't have to be loud. I want to see battalions. They didn't need to be known by others. But that was her heart's desires for the holiday. She wanted to see Batelier eagles, and she prayed alone. So method one, by yourself in that closed closet or wherever it may be. Method two, as we did this morning, prayer is to pray in unity. So it's a bit of a pray on your own and pray in unity. It's like totally opposite. Matthew eighteen twenty, we all know it so well, for where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. I want to touch a little bit on Acts chapter 4 this morning. And this is where there's an opposition against the church. The religious leaders of the day realize that they've killed Jesus, but he's still alive. How is he still alive? Through his followers. Through his followers. He's alive through his followers. They say, stop preaching this message, and if you don't, we're going to throw you into prison. That's exactly what happened. I want to pick up Acts 4, verse 23. On their release... Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So I want to touch on this a little bit. In Acts, this is kind of where the church was created or formed and things were happening. And I want to ask you a question this morning. What makes a great church? And before you answer this and say it's because of an entity you belong to or you join, rather think we the church. Rather think we are the church. What makes us great? What brings us to a point that we change and make a great impact? Is it a rocking kids program? where the kids are happening, a seasoned preacher with a theological degree, is a great lights with amazing AV and sound, a fancy building, not a school hall. Is it a slick website or the social media? What makes a good church? I can say this much. The New Testament church had none of that. The New Testament church had none of that. And that challenges me because 
I wonder how often we put our emphasis on the things we've just mentioned. And yet the early church didn't have any of this. See, a lot of the leaders, not all of them, but a lot of the leaders didn't have a fancy education, didn't have a degree. I mean, some of the leaders had a prison record. Some of the leaders had a prison record. Let me say that again. What was their secret to their success? From 120 to 3,000 to 5,000? What was their secret? Yes, God and God alone. God is the one who added to the number. God made their numbers grow, but they knew how to pray. But they knew how to pray. They were committed to pray. And I think the key is they knew who they were praying to. They knew who they were praying to and how powerful he was. In verse 24, it said, When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, You made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Sovereign Lord. Sovereign means being the ultimate source of all power, authority, and everything that exists. Only God can make those claims. Only God can make those claims. So they knew exactly who they were praying to. That through just his words, I said the morning and we sang it this morning, earth was created. This is the kind of supernatural being that they were praying to. They had a proper understanding of who they were praying to. They weren't empathizing and practicing projects. It was a prayer proclamation. They were declaring that Christ had risen and is alive. I think so often we get caught up in the practice and projects and social initiatives, the lighting, the smoke screens. And listen, I don't have a problem with that at all. I actually love sound and big bass. So I don't have a problem with all that. But I think we get so caught up on all of that. That's not what makes the gospel proclaiming, society changing, life altering, impact and effect that we see in the book of Acts. And I want to just highlight five things from this Acts chapter 4 is the church prayed, how they prayed, why they prayed, what they prayed, and what happened when they prayed. So I'll say quick, like I said to the kids, the church prayed, how, why, what, what. Okay. How they prayed, why they prayed, what they prayed, what happened when they prayed. Verse 24, this, what was this? This was the opposition. This was the religious authority that wanted them doomed, that wanted them out of there. These were the same people, these religious leaders that had just killed Jesus, and they saw firsthand how Jesus was killed and crucified. And what did they do when they heard this, that they're saying to them, you better stop? First thing they did was pray. As we said earlier, it was who they were praying to, sovereign Lord. You see, when your life is under threat or you're going through difficulties or, or trials or the authority of the day is telling you what to do and you're not prepared to do that because God has told you differently, so you've got to understand the impact and extent of what this threat meant to Peter and John. It was really life-threatening. They didn't pack their bags and run for the hills. They didn't go try to get a petition. The first response was prayer. What do you and I do, I wonder? What does Clint do when he's under strain or facing trials? What is our response to difficult trials? And yes, I might say, and you might say, yeah, I pray. I challenge you with this. Is our prayer our first answer or do I run to my mates and complain and then pray? What is your first response? Let's look at the rest of this text and what happens to know how we should pray. See, this church shows us how important it is and they, they realized they couldn't function without prayer. Number two, how did they pray? They prayed aloud, unified, in a discerning prayer. 
they raise their voices. That's a challenge for me because I think at times I pray a little bit too timidly or a little bit, I don't know, in my own little bubble. But have you ever been to a rugby game, a live rugby game, and your team's playing and it's, I'm there in the stands and I'm like, go Sharks. <laughs> come on, man. Come on, Sharks. You're there. I'm sorry for those who support anyone else, but come on, Sharks. We pray, we shout loud. How did they pray? Loud raising voices. See, I think sometimes in church we want to maybe be respectful. But I love the fact that they raise their voices. We need to trust God for a move, for what's tamed to something that's a little bit more confident. A cry of desperate dependence on Him, leaning into who He is, and asking and coming before Him with raised voices. Raised voices. Now, I don't want to make this the goal. Please hear me out here. But unified and raised voices together, not being tame. See, remember, you can also raise your voice in your closed closet as well. I'm just saying. Winter, years ago, and I... I just put this in, in recently because years ago I went into the office early one morning. Doors closed. Dad's in his office, but he's talking away. I'm like, jeepers. You know, it's half past six and there's Dad behind a closed door praying loud, committing the business, committing the day, committing the week to God. So I remind you, you can also raise your voice behind your closed door in your closed closet. Yeah, okay, moving on. They were unified. It says they raise their voices together in prayer. I think in life group we've experienced this. We've sometimes got a lot of praise and prayer requests. And there's just too much to do the whole evening when you go around a group of 20. And we do something what's called the Jericho prayer. And we all stand together and we put our arms around each other. And we all pray for something that's been put on our heart together, loudly, audibly. And it's awesome because you just hear this bunch of guys praying for each other together. And it's special because we're all unified and praying loud together. Do you know that we have a prayer meeting here before church on 8 o'clock in the morning? We also have a prayer meeting after sweat up on a Saturday. And Dr. Pazanov said that it's set up, not sweat up. Like, baby, we call it sweat up because it's hard work. Do you know that we also have a prayer meeting after church, after sweat set down on a Sunday? Do you know that the band has a prayer meeting before they practice on a Wednesday? The children, teachers, and leaders pray before they have a message. It's become a very special time for us as a team. And I think we've realized how important prayer is and what we need to specifically pray for. And it's been amazing to see how God's answered prayer. It's been absolutely amazing. For those of you who don't know about those prayer times, I've told you now, give it a shot you need another times, let us know. Before parking, I hear T-Bird saying, um, uh, come on, before parking, the guys pray. We pray for your cars for safety. We pray for the road for safety. We, God hears those specific prayers. You know, this church spoken about in Acts was only nine weeks old. We're not talking six weeks old. That's only nine weeks old. I think some of these believers had probably just given their lives to Christ. See, when the Spirit of God moves, He moves. Point number three, why they prayed. That's all about the servant, Jesus. It's all about Jesus. 
And they highlight this in their prayer as well because they know Jesus is God's servant. They know he is sent. He is the sent one. The one who would bring light into a dark world. The one who would bring heaven onto earth. It's kind of like an invasion, eh? Heaven onto earth. And I think of prayer as joining God in invasion. That's quite different to just praying what's on your list. That's the God who we are praying to. Number four, what they prayed. They prayed that heaven would come to earth. And number five, we're almost done. What happened when they prayed? The place where they were meeting was shaken. I've never experienced that, and I actually can't imagine this whole shaking and trembling. But after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. Imagine after a prayer meeting, this hall starts to shake. All the kids have a prayer meeting down there at the castle, and the castle starts to shake. This is the God we are praying to. And secondly, what happened? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit after they prayed. So I challenge us today, are we using our binoculars? Are we using this powerful tool to help us focus on God and keep focused on Him? Are you keeping your binoculars focused on Him or are you just looking in the bushes aimlessly for that sneaky spotted leopard? I want to ask the band to come up this morning, and we're going to close a little bit differently today. I think that's why my preachers are maybe shorter than others, perhaps, but I want the band to come up this morning, and they've got a last song that they're going to lead us in, in worship, and I want to challenge us today to sit, to stand, to kneel, to think that you're the only person in the school hall, to not be distracted with the person on your left or on your right or on the back or all the lights or I don't want to rush this this morning and, and I just want to say stay in the moment for as long as you need. You might even just need to take time to just become quiet this morning. But be specific, be bold in what you pray for. I've got no idea what you're going through right now. I've got no idea what bird you want to see the Kruger. I've got no idea about the challenges you're going to face tomorrow. Take this time to just tap in with your binoculars and try to get a vision and perspective of what God is. Maybe you feel God's nudging you to go pray for a friend. Jamie, I admire you for your boldness, bro, wherever you are. Because spot on the nail this morning and he turned away he said but I had to do that because I wouldn't have forgiven myself if I didn't he prayed for me just before I, I came up maybe God's nudging you saying listen go pray for that person don't pray out loud to be heard by man don't be like those people on the streets corner just praying maybe God's asking you to step out and pray for somebody specific Maybe something's been on your heart and you need to just go pray for somebody specific. Take this time to pray. I want to just say it again. Take some time out. We aren't rushing off school holidays. We don't have to pack the chairs away. Kids are fine. It's time, time's fine. Let's just take this time together. And Zoli will come and close off afterwards. But let's just turn our focus on Jesus a few minutes just just while the band's 
Ben's praying. Even if you just don't want to say anything, just close your eyes and, and spend some time. I was really challenged with this, and I, I didn't know how I'm going to close this. But in a childlike faith, maybe the hall won't shake. Maybe that stack of papers that you think is such a mess, God can fix up any mess. Zolis weren't a mess. Let me just rectify that. The ones on the floor were a mess. People may see that. Maybe you've got everything sorted out exactly how you think. Maybe God wants to tip that upside down and rearrange that stack of papers. I don't know what it is. If you've got to sit with your spouse or partner, pray together. Just be sensitive as the band carries on this morning.